What is good? Welcome to Spiritville Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life, and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. We're going to talk about working your lane today. It's going to be good. So definitely listen. But before we dive in, if you are new here, julianapage.com is where all the things are. But I want to highlight one thing mainly today, which is Courage Co. And Courage Co. is an online community that has different options depending on what season of your life you're in. So there's Courage Co. free challenges where you can join Courage Co. for free. You can get access to the prayer calls that we do every other Tuesday and different challenges that we do every month. And those are starting up very soon. So you want to get in there now. There is also a monthly masterclass. So that is a beautiful way to be encouraged by different presenters that we have and the power of their testimony. And then there's also one-on-one coaching with me. It's a VIP mastermind called the God's Vibes Mastermind. That is something that I do every year. So you can actually apply and get into that now as well. Applications are open for that. So check out Courage Co. You can find it over at julianapage.com under the work with me tab. And if you've not subscribed to the podcast, this is your time to do that. But when you subscribe, you also get a free gift from me. So don't forget to go to julianapage.com under the podcast tab and make sure that you fill out the form there to get a free gift from me. All right, so let's dive into the episode and talk about working your lane. Okay, so you probably have heard this analogy before. I know personally, I used to run track in high school and in college, so the the reality of actually staying in your own lane was very real. You didn't want to get disqualified. You didn't want, if you're in a relay, you don't want to drop the baton or, you know, step into somebody's lane accidentally, especially if you're doing hurdles, not cool. You will get disqualified and that is not fun, especially when your score or your time really affects the entire team. So you might understand that analogy of literally staying in your lane, or you might even think of driving on the freeway, right? It's really important, imperative, life threatening. <laughs> right? Your life depends on it. You need to stay in your lane. Otherwise, big problems can happen when you get out of your lane. So you get the idea of staying in your lane. That concept is clear, visually, practically, all the things. However, work in your lane is something that's a little bit different, but we're going to go there spiritually today because this is so, so important. So what I'm going to offer is your lane is your model, Okay, and your model is the way you think, the way you expect, the way you assume, the way you attach or assign a meaning to something, and the the behaviors that 
you take, the actions that you take, the way you behave because of limiting beliefs or because of your faith, right? Literally, your model is everything that's happening on the inside of you, okay? And that is something that's left on default is a problem. We are tend as humans just to drift to the negative. We have a tendency to get ourselves into some really sticky situations that are quite unproductive. We just work against ourselves, right? It's like a ship sailing the ocean. If it's not anchored, it's gonna drift, right? The same is true for us. Now, our tendency to drift when it comes to our model, our thoughts, our emotions, and actually feeling and processing emotions, what we're storing up in our heart, what we're exposing ourselves to, how we're taking care of ourselves or not, all of that is going on with us, right? And it affects how we view the world, literally our lens of the world. It affects our, our words and what we're speaking and quite literally the reality we're creating. And what the tendency is to do is to get out of our model and get in other people's business, okay? <laughs> how many of y'all do this? In fact, we are really good at it. We can handle everybody else's business so much better than our own. And then when it comes to ourselves and looking within, we're like, mm -mm, ain't gonna do that. Nope, not for me, right? Or even worse, if somebody's to call you on something or confront something, even in love, right? It will set you off because you just don't want to look at it. It can trigger you, right? And especially if you're on social media and in social media land, man, if you don't have boundaries with social media, people can get triggered so fast and just be in your comments and your DMs and it's a hot mess. And things are so easily misinterpreted online and text, all the things, right? So when you get in somebody else's business, what this means is you are thinking for them, you are feeling for them, you are expecting them to show up some kind of way, which could lead into controlling behaviors and manipulation. And you are basically just focusing on them and, and what you think is happening and the meaning you're giving it. So examples of this could be a family member, right? So there could be a, a communication gap and all of a sudden you're assigning a meaning to this and it turns into a whole blowout. This could be a boss, right? You might not like one interaction or you're trying to interpret something through a text message or a comment that was shared in email and all of a sudden it's creating a whole thing that's not a thing, <laughs> right? Or you're, you're trying to think for, well, that person did that because this or they're showing up this way and that means they're this, right? You spend a lot of mental energy getting into other people's business when really you gotta work your lane. You gotta work your business. You gotta stay in your model. You need to take every thought captive that's exalting itself above the truth. You need to know what is true so you can start speaking that and declaring it over your life. You need to be able to feel your emotions. If you can feel anything, you can do everything. But a lot of times, we avoid taking action. We procrastinate because we don't want to feel failure. We don't want to feel embarrassed. We don't want to feel shame, right? And that could even look like, I don't want to do a video on social media because I'm embarrassed about what other people might say, right? Or I'm, I'm ashamed. I, I feel shame because I'm going down this path that my family wouldn't approve of, right? And so I don't even want to tell them, let alone take action down that path, because what will that look like and how will that change my life, right? So we avoid feeling failure. We avoid feeling judged or feeling rejected, right? And we set ourselves back. Tracking? 
right? But we're, we're thinking for other people. So we're not even giving people the benefit of the doubt. We're not even just working our model. We're allowing our thoughts left unmonitored, <laughs> unmanaged, right? To dictate our circumstances in a negative way. And if we don't feel our emotions, we start avoiding things or we start numbing out, right? So a lot of times people that overeat or people that drink or people that you know, binge watch Netflix, a lot of times this is to avoid feeling and actually reflecting on how you feel and processing emotion, okay? But if you could quite, if you could quite literally feel an emotion and actually process it and understand it and unpack it for a second, I recommend working with a coach when you do this because <laughs> left to our own devices, it doesn't usually evolve well. But if you can actually give yourself that space, there is so much wisdom, right? Emotions are quite literally energy in motion and they just give us information. They're neutral, but a lot of times we assign a meaning to that that is not positive. But life is 50-50, so you will have 50% of life experience that is not positive emotion. And you will have the other 50 that is positive. So learning to process and just embrace emotion and live a fully felt life actually allows you then to fully express in your life as well. It's very important. If you shut off half your emotion, then you're living half a life. You can look at it that way. So between managing your thoughts, feeling and processing your emotions, and actually intentionally creating your life every day, you've got a full-time job, if you ever wondered. You have a full-time job, okay? And that's not even including just life circumstances that are going to happen every day, things that you don't plan for and things that just come up and you being equipped and having tools and strategies to show up even when it's uncomfortable or circumstances aren't going the way you think they should or they just catch you off guard. That's just part of life, right? Point being, you've got a whole lane to be working. Your mind, your emotions, your will, what you're literally investing the best of you into? What are you investing your time, your energy, your emotions into, your resources, okay? So when you think about it that way, I know for me, when I caught this revelation, I was like, holy cow. <laughs> I have so much that I need to be working on and focusing on. And this doesn't have to be, this could be very beautiful work and fun work for the record, okay? I joke that I make personal development, spiritual development, self-development less myrrh. Because <laughs> it actually actually can be really fun. And you can look forward to journaling and some reflection time or meeting with your coach or working with your therapist. These can be things that they're all investments in you. And when you know that you're a great return on investment or you're going to get your investment no matter what, you win. So it's something that you can start to look forward to. And all of the ground that you gain from doing your work just impacts the testimony, the witness, the, the example that you are in the world, okay? So the whole concept behind this episode is work your lane, <laughs> right? Run your race is a way that we hear it in the word of God, okay? But you can set, what I, what I really wanna hold up for you today is that you can set the course of your life, literally, you can, okay? James 3 actually says this, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in a word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. 
Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they might obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a a little fire kindles, okay? So remember this powerful truth. (laughs) If something happened, then something was spoken. If something happened, then something was spoken. God spoke the world into existence, and our present realities have been greatly influenced by words spoken in the past. Psalm 34, verses 12 to 14 confirms this truth. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Okay, so I like to read this as, how do you depart from evil and do good? (laughs) You seek peace and you pursue it. (laughs) That's how you do it, okay? So David asks a question in verse 12. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may seek good? Okay, I can relate to David here. I don't know about you. He's basically asking, who wants a long, fulfilling, and happy life? Can I get an amen? I for sure do, right? I would assume the answer for most of us would be I do, right? What then does David first mention as apparently the most important factor in having this abundant life? (laughs) Before I answer that, let's consider what he did not say. He did not mention the different types of behaviors and attitudes, nor did he promote the need for spiritual disciplines. What did he say then? He basically says, don't speak evil and don't speak lies. And one of the meanings for evil is malignant, okay? So this compares to Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt word proceed from your mouth, okay? So remember, speaking corrupt or malignant words is not just cussing or gossiping. It is speaking death instead of life in your life, okay? We're also told in these scriptures to keep our lips from speaking deceit. And this certainly would include refraining from dishonesty in the things that we talk about, But there is also a much deeper meaning. Do our words consistently line up with the lies of the devil or with the truths of God? It would be so interesting if somebody just walked around with a recorder and just recorded what you spoke in an entire day. And you got to re-listen to that playback. You could see very quickly if your words are consistently lining up with the lies of the devil or with the truths of God. And if we see life through the lens of lies, the devil's perspective in this case, we will speak deceit and curse our future. And if we see life through God's perspective, truth, we will speak truth and bless our future. We will talk more about setting the course of our lives, the words we speak. But I want you to to consider some homework, okay? So some things to work on. You can read out loud declarations. If you don't have any, I recommend literally doing that as a project. Sit down and create a declaration list based on the word of God and start speaking life over yourself and your circumstances like never before. Something that I like doing, I also give this as a assignment when inspired to different clients. I have them get, whether it's a 
a journal, usually something with dividers. So I joke that I just go to the dollar store and get <laughs> spirals that have dividers in there. And I turn it into a prayer journal and I just pick different life areas. It could be career, it could be love, it could be self, it could be finances. And I literally just start having all of the lies written down and then I have all the truth that I'm trumping it with. And I just speak all those declarations over myself. And I start to memorize them so that when I'm driving or when I'm cleaning or whatever I'm doing, I can actually be saying these things out loud, even first thing when I get up in the morning. And you can point at different things and declare the promises of God. And it may take you a while, not gonna lie. And it may take you a minute to get used to this. However, it will soon become natural and you for sure will see the fruit of it. And you can also... I know a lot of clients don't realize they can do this, but you can ask God for a heightened awareness of when you speak deceit, when your words are in agreement with the lies of the devil and not God's truth. And I know when I have become aware of the lies that I was speaking, it was at first very depressing. <laughs> like, oh my God, like, how do I fix this, right? It's going to take so much effort, right? But it really became empowering because I could, I knew that I could make the changes I needed to reverse the curse of my life and be really intentional about not speaking death in any relationship, in any circumstance, just literally bridling my tongue, right? So setting the course of our life is really changing our life's direction. In the simplest form, that's what it is. Psalm 34, come you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may say good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Okay, so even just these reminders of speaking truth over your life or seeking peace and pursuing it. Those two things alone, if you made those your intentions, you would already have a way better quality of life. Okay, it also says in Philippians 2 verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in your not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So this is what I mean by working your lane. You are running your race. You are working out your own salvation, right? Like you can be saved. You can be a new creation, but you've got to activate the qualities of that new creation. You've got to call on and call forth the promises that you've received, right? They don't just come to you. Okay, so David shows us an incredible way to think and live in Psalm 34. He invites us into an understanding of something very important. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. We know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the beginning of knowledge, right? That's what it, we're told in Proverbs 9. In Proverbs 1. And this fear, though, is not a fear of punishment, okay? We uh, are to fear that we might drift away from God, yes, but a greater dread for us is to not reach our full potential or fruitfulness in God, that we will stagnate into mediocrity, distraction, and spiritual barrenness, okay? So I know when I first started developing my relationship with God, there were times that I was just sobbing uncontrollably and I was not a crier, right? I, I could not cry for years of my life. It just was not 
I was so shut off and numb to a lot of emotion. I didn't even know how to really feel and process. So if you do, let me let me say this. If you do find yourself in a season like that, what was really helpful for me was one, prioritizing time or relationship with God, getting into a, a recovery program or some sort of recovery ministry. For me, that happened to be Celebrate Recovery, but also working in therapy, just literally dedicating that season to healing and to processing and to, to growing so that I could start accessing my potential because it's really hard to start accessing and applying really utilizing your your potential and your capacity when you're hurt and broken. So it's really important that you do set aside that time. I know for me, I was like, oh my God, how long is it going to take? This is terrifying. Like, I just want to be over it. Um, But all the resistance in the world would not get me any farther ahead. So I just knew that I'm going to surrender to this because I'm worth it. I deserve healing. I deserve wholeness. I deserve freedom. And I am going to learn and grow and heal and evolve. So I just encourage you, if you are in that kind of season two, to to do that. But I know for me, when I started to see how disconnected, how spiritually barren I was, that was just gut-wrenching for me. That was motivation to seek God, like my life depended on it, okay? So I believe this fear is the same as the fear and trembling mentioned in Philippians 2.12, which will cause us to work out into our world the great salvation that is within us, okay? So I propose that one of the first things we should fear is that we won't speak life and won't create an increasingly successful environment for our future and those connected to us. Yikes, right? Like when you realize that that's in your own power, life-changing. To avoid this mistake, we have to realize the power of this, sta- of this statement. I set the course of my life through my words. That's how you can work your lane. Use your words. Yes, of course, I work in this every day. There are many other factors in determining the course of our lives. But if we don't understand the power of our words, we will enter, we will either... <laughs> We will either be cursing the positive things we are doing or we will miss creating opportunities because of our silence. And this is unfortunate and too often true. Our lives, if you want a visual here, are like a huge ocean liner. If the course of a ship is changed by one degree when it is far from land, it will arrive in a much different spot than the original course would have taken it. Our declarations change the course of our lives by small degrees, but what a difference it makes in our final destination for us and everybody connected to us, okay? So think about it this way. Where do you want to be in five years, 10 years, right? Start declaring it now. Think long-term, proactively. Set the course of your life and your family through calling those things that are not as though they are. It will be the rudder in your life. It will be you working your lane and you won't be sorry. You're really crazy actually if you don't talk to yourself and to the things in your life. Like who cares (laughs) what other people think? Like let them be weird, let them be crazy, but you take ownership of this and know that you set the course of your life through your words. Okay, so remember here, daily speak Create the list of your declarations and daily speak that over your life or different life areas and start that habit as well of proclaiming dreams 
right? What has God given you? A lot of what I'm doing with clients is turning God dreams into realities. That's what we do because there's so much that comes up when you're actually in the arena, right? The devil doesn't have to mess with you if you're just sitting still and not doing anything. <laughs> but when you start going out there and start taking some hits, like life, life is a little bit different and you absolutely need your faith and you need resilience. You need courage, hence courage go. So it's really, really important to start actually developing habits and practice habits and practices of yes declaring your declarations but also proclaiming the dreams that you feel God has given you because this sets the course of your life and when you declare specific promises God has a way of making that real to you so say things like I will I have my family is thank you God for right these are literally proclaiming the dreams that you feel Okay, so this is really interesting too. In Philippians 3, it says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So let me give you another visual. Weightlifters, as I'm about to go to the gym, <laughs> weightlifters understand that muscles are built by pressing against resistance. Okay, so overcoming believers also understand that resistance is a friend in your journey to become fully convinced about God's goodness and his promises. How about that for a reframe? Okay. Resistance is a friend in our journey to become fully convinced about God's goodness and his promises, okay? So take take salmon, salmon fish, okay? Salmon are fascinating. They are birthed in freshwater and then live in the ocean for years and finally come back to freshwater to spawn so that their species can increase in number, okay? The remarkable thing about this process is that they spawn in the same location where they were born, and they often overcome great odds, like waterfalls and just things, right, to get there. And God has put them, God has put in them a homing device, like a direction. They just have this inner knowing and an overcoming spirit to fulfill their calling. He's done the exact same thing for us. For this is the love of God that we may keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. That's 1 John 5, 2 through 4. So we also, like salmon, <laughs> have what it takes to go upstream in life against the resistance. I know a lot of times we think that we're supposed to just have a perfectly peaceful life and there's going to be no resistance at all. But if that is your story, it means that you're not taking enough risk because for sure we're going to face resistance daily, right? When we're just out here being strong and very courageous, right? Truly, the victorious believer will embrace a life of swimming upstream against old mind currents that want to imprison them in valleys of unfruitfulness. One way to do this is by setting the course of our lives with words to go against the flow of unbelief. Okay, so 
some common situations that often contain lies, which can be combated with a specific promise of God. Ready? One, when experiencing lack and uncertainty, say, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. When feeling hopeless, number two, say, God has a way to get me from here to where I need to be. There is a direction for me to take that is powerful and good, and he will empower me to walk in it. Number three, when feeling weak, say, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Four, when you think you are a failure, say, he who has begun a good work in me will complete it. Five, when you don't know what else to do, bottom line, things. <laughs> do do bottom line things, right? Say, I'm going to be okay because my God will make all things work out for me and for my good. Okay, so what I've done here is I've taken a real human circumstance, right? A real feeling about a circumstance, okay? My model, if you will, and I've attached different scriptures to these, okay? And then I declare those and I make it a habit so that when I'm feeling afraid or when I'm feeling overwhelmed or when I'm feeling intimidated, I have these words to speak over my life and call myself into order. And these responses will help us set the course of our life toward God's promised land and away from mediocre or shipwrecked living. So there have been seasons in my life where I've had to focus extra time in speaking and thinking God's promises. But when you recognize and just know that it's his promises that allow us to participate in the divine nature of supernatural living, you'll make space for that. Okay? Spoken words have a very powerful effect, but inner self-talk is also important to our lies. We resist lies first in our thoughts, right? So think about that. Again, you have to be talking to yourself because a lot of times we are talking to ourselves all day, every day. It's just not good. Okay. It actually says in Philippians 4, 8, what we're supposed to do. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Spoken words have a powerful effect, but inner self-talk is also very important to our lives. We resist lies first in our thoughts. The inward conversation is what Paul was talking to, was what Paul talks about when he's saying what we should focus on. He urges us to intentionally direct our thoughts in specific directions, to meditate on these things. It is a part of our spiritual warfare of taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And all believers must learn the habit of inwardly directing and redirecting thoughts towards faith, hope, and love. And away from the lies that create hopelessness, fear, selfishness, and ungodly priorities. Self-talk really just refers to the dialogue that happens inside our head when we're faced with challenges of life or even simple day-to-day matters, right? Two people could be in the same situation and they just happen to be talking to themselves differently about it and have completely different experiences, right? One that builds momentum forward, the other that just does not, just crushes you and keeps you stuck, okay? It really, self-talk is a running 
running commentary in our thinking about everything we do. It never lets anything occur without meditation or reaching some sort of conclusion. So when we are not managing our mind and not being intentional about the thoughts we're thinking, we can really drift is the point, okay? And there's four main areas where self-talk takes place. One, conclusions about ourselves. Who do we think we are? right? We cannot use our experience or our feelings to conclude, right? Joel actually says in the scripture, Joel 3.10, let the weak say I'm strong. We are to create our identity beliefs from God's word and not from our experience or our feelings. Number two, conclusions about others. This one is huge, especially if you don't honor and respect authority. You can internalize and have a whole crazy dialogue going on about the person that changes your view of them, that changes your experience with them, that creates a reality you don't want to experience, okay? The Bible says that love believes all things and hopes all things, okay? Our thoughts about others will either help release them into a higher place or become a hindrance in the spirit realm for them, especially if we are a person of influence in their lives, Even in times when we must confront difficult situations in relationships, we can still guard our hearts and seek to see the person as God sees them. Number three, conclusions about God. Just as we cannot create our identity beliefs from our experience, we cannot create our theology from it either. Okay? Our God concept must be strongly defended from demonic lies that raise doubts about God's will, his goodness, his power, and the details of our salvation. And number four, conclusions about our circumstances, which on a day-to-day, this is huge. How we respond to what is happening is almost always more important than what actually is happening. Whew, but I tell you, this is the work in your lane work right here. <laughs> We are to avoid placing conclusions on circumstances without first meditating on the promises and goodness of God. And it is important to have special seasons in our lives where we declare war on our thoughts. It can indeed get pretty intense, not going to lie, but it will become easier as we develop new strongholds of faith, hope, and love. So you really want to turn up the volume of your self-talk by meditating or just thinking, reflecting on, mulling over in your mind about God's promises, love, and goodness like never before, right? When you start thinking on God's promises, his love, his goodness, your whole worldview changes. The way you feel changes, the way you show up changes. Okay. We are coming to the home stretch. I hope this is all super valuable. Okay. James 3 says this, Look also at ships. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires, even so the tongue. So a rudder gives direction to a ship, and even though it is small, it steers a large vessel whichever way it's turned. If you've ever been on a cruise ship, you can get the reality of this. A very powerful engine is of no value unless the rudder is working properly. Our tongue works like a rudder for us, taking us wherever our words are directed. So let me ask this. What dreams do you have? What promises has God made real to you? What changes are needed for you to become the person you're destined to be? Where do you want to be in five years? How can you point the ship 
of your life in the direction of these goals. You do so by using your rudder, your words, to direct you toward God's highest purpose. Words not only direct us, but unlike the rudder of a ship, they also create power to move us to our destination. Romans says, confession is made unto salvation. Our verbal declaration takes us to salvation. Ephesians reinforces this by saying, good words impart grace to the hearers. And we are one of the hearers of our own words. And grace is the ability and power to do God's will. So again, I want to hold this up. For any high achievers out there, you're not doing this in your own strength, okay? The following declarations will pull you towards what is said. I am debt-free. I lead someone to salvation every day. My marriage is experiencing breakthrough. I write books that are read around the world. My church is strong and making a difference. I consistently bring God encounters to other people. I am free from addictions. I love to exercise and eat right. I laugh 400 times a day. <laughs> Literally, probably for me. So we do set the course of our lives with our words. The moment we speak, we begin to draw, we, be, we begin to draw those circumstances to us and we begin to be drawn toward it. Certainly, there are other factors besides words that will influence our final destination, but we cannot minimize the importance of our proclamations. Whatever we continuously talk about, we will begin seeing an increase of in our lives, whether it's revival, problems, God's promises, the untrustworthiness of people, whatever. So each of us can consistently speak our own set of declarations that relate to our unique goals, dreams, and promises, and we need some that seem ridiculous and laughable. Abraham is an example of someone who sure did. (laughs) It's important to remember that we are not just pulling ourselves towards these things, but we are pulling our descendants too, right? It's what is being declared. Some of what we say only will be fulfilled through our lineage, both physical and spiritual here. So what are you waiting for is my thought on this. You can point your life towards what is good and will make a diff- and what will make a difference for others. You can speak your future as if it is real now. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. We have that same ability. Okay? Joshua 1.8 says this, There is a new breed of Christian who regularly talks to themselves and to the things in their lives. These have captured the heart of God's command to Joshua as he stood on the edge of the promised land. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So Joshua was not only building up his own faith through constant speaking, but he was commissioning angelic beings to go before him and on his behalf. Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Angels respond to the words of life spoken by us. We speak God's promises and hope into situations. We give these angelic beings something to work with to accomplish God's will and promises. Okay, so let me ask you this. Are angels primarily commissioned by our prayers or by our words? It's a fascinating question (laughs) that really gets the heart of what we really believe and who we believe we say say we are. Mark says this, 
So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Note that the word says is mentioned three times in what I just shared. And the word pray once. Prayer is important, but too often we cancel our prayer petition through contrary spoken conclusions after prayer. So remember what we say about a matter after we pray is just as important as what we say when we pray. All right? I often wonder how many angels are commissioned by our words in prayer and then stopped halfway to the answer by what we say later probably pretty silly. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying we can ever discuss the negative facts of a situation in our life or after we pray, but what I'm saying is that spoken unbelieving conclusions are a huge problem that can terminate the angel's assignment. So it's an unfortunate reality of the spirit realm that would seem to happen too often. Our words set the course of our lives. It is a wise believer who focuses on what they believe and say in times when God does not seem near. This is the time of real growth for us. It may be difficult to keep agreeing with our words for our past prayers and God's promises, but it will get easier through time. It will put us and those connected to us on a course that will dramatically increase his kingdom coming and his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. So let me remind you, you are crazy if you're not talking to yourself because what you are speaking is literally setting the course of your life. And what you are speaking is a huge piece of how you are working your lane. Yes, there's a lot of talk about mindset and that's huge, right? But also paying attention to what you're speaking and learning how to keep a guard over your mouth that you might not sin against him, or that you might not create a reality that you don't want to live. That is sobering. That motivation alone to actually create a life that you get to have and enjoy, to create a legacy that's going to impact those that are connected to you. When you start really caring about that and becoming intentional through working your lane, managing your business like it's a full-time job, and working with God by the power of his grace to do that, by his power and for his glory, you will become literally a walking example that we need to see more of in this world. So, so powerful. So working your lane is all about managing your inner life. If you want ways to do that, In small bites and bigger bites, Courage Co. is the way to do that. You can visit julianapage.com under the Work With Me tab to do that. Also, if you are looking looking for a master life coach to do this work with you, I do have some availability for quarter four this year on my calendar. So if that's something that you want to scoop up, now is your time before I book up fully. So go ahead and visit julianapage.com. I hope this message blessed you, and until next time, stay blessed.